0: All right, on tonight, we're going back to Revelation. God is revealing unto us some pertinent things. Uh, this is apocalyptic language that deals with end time, uh, end time prophecy. Amen. And certainly uh, the false church does not uh, embrace prophecy because it doesn't want you to know that there is a consequence. Uh, for the lives that we live, this life that we're living now, it's going to come to an end. And at the end of this life, we're all going to have to give an account for what we have done in these bodies. Amen. So the false church doesn't want you to know that it is a false church. It's not the bride of Christ. It's Satan's woman. And she is a harlot. Come on, somebody, my God, and certainly uh, doesn't want you to deal with in time teaching. And certainly this is where we are now. And I want to just refresh on something real quick. And that was, well, we started out in Revelation. We're in chapter 18, but we went back to 17 to talk about this beast, this beast upon which the woman rides. Now, chapter 17, we dealt with the woman. That's the false prophet, the false church. But she is riding. She's been given authority. Uh, by the first beast, which is the governmental part, amen, of this beast empire system, and God is destroying them first, all right? Now, oddly enough, the church, the false prophet, the false bride, the woman of Satan, she's not destroyed by God, she's destroyed by the governmental piece of Babylon, amen, And that ought to be a lesson to us all because the church uh, need to know that the world loves its own. Come on, somebody. My God, she's simply being used. Well, well, that's what happens with a prostitute. She's being used. And when she has served her purpose, uh, the government of Babylon actually kills the woman. All right, the false church. And we're in uh, chapter 18, but we had to go back to 17 because there uh there's part of the uh first uh beast in 17, the governmental part, and then we dealt mainly with the woman, the second beast, all right, which is the great whore. That's what the Bible describes her as. All right? So we're going to pick back up and I'm going to show you a slide and Uh, Those individuals that requested slides of me, I could not send the whole, um, my whole presentation. It was too large to email it. So I'm going to have to split off just these slides that we're talking about. And I will send them to you, put them in the mail to you expeditiously. All right, but let's pick up here. Let's go to Revelation 17. Revelation 17. And we want to pick up eight through 11. Uh, We're going to recap on this just a moment, and then we're going to move on through chapter 18, because that's where we are. All right, Revelation 17 and 8 says, And the beast that thou sawest was, and is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit, and go into perdition. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, look at these, whose name was not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was and is not, and yet is. they can going to say, he's back. How in the world did he come back? <laughs> well, we know it's the resurrected Roman Empire. All right, and here is the mind which hath wisdom. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. And there are seven kings, five are fallen, and one is, and the other is not yet to come. And when he cometh, he must continue a short space, seven years. That's that tribulation period. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth and is of the seven and goeth into perdition. Now, remember um, when we read this, when we were dealing with the, uh, the, the woman that's riding this beast, we said, well, this was a mouthful and we'll come back and de- dissect this when we're dealing with the governmental piece. And that's what we're dealing with now. So that's why we're coming back to this particular scripture. So John explains, and he explains to John, this is the beast that was, uh, he does not exist now. But he's yet to come, and that would have made sense to John because we know this beast, Babylon, started way back in Genesis 11. He was, uh, and then in the middle, when they went into 70 years of Babylonian captivity. All right, Uh, so he was, but in John, when he wrote Revelation, he was under Roman rule. Remember, he was exiled to the island of Patmos, All right. And he got the revelation directly from God. Amen. So he was and is not because the Roman Empire now is in charge, but he's yet to come. All right. The revived Roman Empire. All right. Uh, So uh, this is the same thing Zechariah told us. Now, remember Zechariah in Zechariah 5. And six, Zechariah was one of those exiles that came back from Babylon. All right, but Zechariah, five and six, the angel woke him up uh, and told him, "I wanted to show you something." And he said, "What is it?" He said, "It's an ephah." All right, and then he put a woman inside the ephah and closed the lid on it with a talent. You can read this for yourself. Well, it's a review because we've been through it, and. uh, he said, the woman, this is wickedness. So the woman represented wickedness. And certainly this is the woman that we're dealing with now. But it was the wickedness of the whole world. And when he got ready to take the uh, ephah away, it said the, the angels that beareth the ephah, uh, they began to fly away. And and Zechariah asked him, said, where bearest thou the ephah? says, to set it on its own base in the land of Shinar. So even Zechariah knew and prophesied back then that Babylon was coming back. At the appointed time, it will come back. All right. So Babylon is the start. It's the middle. It's going to be the end. All right. And certainly we know that Babylon is coming back and everything that we see from the beginning. Every beast empire that we see from the beginning is going to be modeled after the same. It's Babylon. It's all Babylon. And we'll prove that out uh, because we're going to this globalization. We're going to this one world government. We're going to a supreme leader. This is this is all Babylon. All of these kings. Uh, These empires, these beast empires, all had kings, and all of them professed to be God, all right? They had one ruler. They had one currency. They had one educational system, one economic system, one religious system, one government. You had to obey, uh, and we saw even in uh, Revelation, this one to come, That those did not take the image of the beast had to have their head cut off. They were killed because they did not uh, worship the beast. All right. This is the one world government that we're going to right now. This is how uh, the dragon controls the beast and the beast control the heads, which are the kings and the heads control the false church and the false church control the people. Amen. One world government, globalization, the new terms that we're coming up with now. We are headed that direction. Amen. So we have to understand and know we got to understand and know uh, because this system is coming. It's it's here. It's alive and well, and it's being formed even as we speak. All right, now let's go to, this is the slide I wanted you all to see again. um, And in your Bible, in your Bible, if you go back, uh, stay in Revelation there. And we're going to read 17 and 8 again. And we'll use the slide to help us out. All right, so he said, John, the beast that thou saws was... And is not, and shall ascend out of the bottomless pit and go into perdition. We know that is Satan. All right? Uh, He was and is not, but he ascended out of the bottomless pit. All right? And look what it says. And they that dwell on the earth shall wonder, whose name was not written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, when they behold the beast that was... And is not. And yet is. All right. Now, I I have those three lines. These are line items. We have eight line items there. The first one was the original Babylon back in Genesis, the 10th chapter. It came up again in the middle uh, when they went into Babylonian captivity in uh, Jeremiah, Nebuchadnezzar. And uh, it's it's coming back now. That's the revived Roman empire that's going to be led by the Antichrist, Satan himself. All right, so look what it says now. Um, This is the mind uh, which have wisdom. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman sitteth. Now I showed you the city of seven hills. Uh, That is Rome. Uh, That is on the continent of uh, Europe, we have Europia. I showed you the goddess of Europe uh, that sits uh, in Europe, and I don't know if everybody in Europe believe uh, or worship that goddess, but they have it. A lot of things that you know our government do, and we don't understand the meaning, or even know that it has a biblical significance to it. Uh, but I showed you Europia and the beast on which she sits. All right, and then we have the country of Italy. All right. And the capital city of Italy is Rome, and that is the city of seven hills. And in Rome, we have the Vatican, the Vatican City that sits there all its own. And it is sovereign. It's its own government. It's its own parliament. It's its own um, uh, 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 Congress, Senate, uh, all its sovereign. And as I say, the priest, he serves as both king and priest in Vatican City. And I said this and I'll say it again. If the priest were to uh, murder you, he'll put together his own grand jury to investigate the situation because Vatican sits on its own. It's separate and complete uh, uh, from anything. All right. So that's the. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman sent us. That's the church, the Catholic Church. All right. And there are seven kings, seven kings. All right. Let's look at this. Let's now refer back to the chart. Five are fallen. That would be Egypt, Assyria, Persia, Greece, and Rome. Do you all see that? Five are falling, and this is where I'm at a disadvantage because I can't see your faces whether you're nodding yes or you're looking or, you know, so this is why we're going back over this particular uh, scripture because the Bible says uh, this is the mind which hath wisdom. So it's going to take some searching out of what we're looking at here. All right, so um, there are seven kings. Five are fallen, all right, and one is, and the other is not yet come, all right, we know that's the revived Roman Empire, the last um, the last kingdom, the last line that's highlighted, that's the one that's not yet come, all right, uh, then it says, and he must continue a short space. That's the seven years of the tribulation period. Just a short space. Look at this. And the beast that was and is not, even he is the eighth. All right. That's the last one we have down there. The revised Roman Empire. Even he is the eighth and is of the seventh. All right. And goeth into perdition, so that's why we have eight eight kings there, but the the eighth one is actually of the seventh because his deadly womb was healed. he's the resurrected Roman empire, so that scripture that we said that was a mouthful uh this is the dissection of it this is this is what that means, and certainly. If you have any questions, any questions, please send me an email. Uh, I will address the question uh, right here in Bible class. Amen. So we'll all be on the same page and have an understanding of what we're reading. All right. All right. So God is saying, I'm about to do what man have failed to do. I'm, I'm bringing to an end Babylon. You remember Babylon came as a remembrance before God when in the 16th chapter of Revelation. If you missed it, go back and, and pick up these episodes. It's all recorded. Babylon, great Babylon came up for remembrance as he was pouring out of the last seven vials upon the earth. All right. And we went back to Genesis where Babylon, all where it all started. All right. And Babylon has been in existence because every empire that has come after it is modeling itself after Babylon. All of these kings profess to be God. All of them wanted to be worshiped. All of them oppressed Egypt at one time or another. God's chosen people. And God has said, I'm finally dealing it, dealing with it and putting it to an end. After all of this time, God is holding now account for the fall of Lucifer, for the fall of the angels, and for the fall of man. As a matter of fact, if you take Genesis, I think, if uh, chapter 11 and go back to one, you actually have an outline of Revelation. He's bringing it all to an end, to a conclusion in Revelation. All right, look. This is what we said. It's all Babylon now. Look at Genesis, the 11th chapter. Genesis, the 11th chapter. In <clears throat> verse 8, you remember when uh, they said, we're going to build a city and a tower to make a name for ourselves. All right. And Babylon is anything that seeks uh, to exist without God, and that's what I—that's what we're saying. It's all Babylon now, this one-world government uh, that we're uh, headed toward. We've kicked God of our out of our school. We don't want him in public arenas. We don't want him in Congress. We don't want him in Senate. Come on, somebody. I know we started out by saying in God we trust in our monetary system, uh, but we've taken that off. Uh, a country that was once uh, built on Christian Judeo values. My God, how far have we come? Mm. All right, Genesis 11 and 8, they said we we're going to build a city and a tower. God came down and he looked at it and he said, behold, the people is one. Everything that they have decided to do in their minds, they will accomplish it. So what did he do? He went down and confounded their language, but he did something else here uh, that I want you to take note of. He says, so the Lord scattered them abroad from thence upon the face of all the earth and they left off to build the city. All right. So where did they go? They went over all of the earth and uh as I said, these are the original pyramid builders, and we have had pyramids built all over the world. Um, they took those same um systems uh, we're going to obtain heaven by our own works we're going to build our own empires it's copying it's copying Babylon It's uh that same religious ideology. Uh, those skills to build um pyramids they got that in Egypt in captivity, all right they're going to worship themselves we're going to build ourselves a name all right, so they took that mindset across the whole world now, uh, I want to remind you, we have Japanese empires we had Chinese empires, we have the Aztecs that built. Uh, Pyramids right here in America. Uh, But none of these had anything to do with Israel. Now, remember, the Bible is a love story between God and his chosen people. (laughs) Uh, Japanese Empire didn't have nothing to do with Israel, so they're not in the Bible. God left them out. And I don't mind because this is enough to read anyway. All right. Uh, So I want to show you this slide of... um, The Babylonian Empire, uh, these um, pyramids, these pyramids that exist all over the world. And if you do a Google search, if you do a Google search, look in your history, uh, you will see uh, we have had pyramids built all over the world. It's all Babylon now. He scattered them all over the world, and that same mindset, amen. That same mindset uh, set uh, they took with them, amen. So it's all, and that's what we're basing it on when I say it's all Babylon. Every empire that has come afterward has modeled itself After Babylon and that's what God said Uh, Babylon, great Babylon came to his remembrance Oh yeah, Uh, I'm going to go back and I'm going to destroy you as well Alright, so we see that And um, I also want to show you uh, Another slide This is um, Nebuchadnezzar's dream. Um, That was when Daniel interpreted to him his dream. Now remember, um, Nebuchadnezzar, he wanted to know what was going to happen to him. And Daniel shared with him uh, when his rule was coming to an end because that was the Babylonian Empire. Daniel was in uh, captivity at that time in Babylon. Babylon, Babylon. Uh, after that was going to come the uh, Medo Persian Empire. Uh, after that, the Grecian Empire. And finally, Rome. All right. Now, remember uh, what Daniel, when he uh, asked God, What's going to happen to my people? What's going to happen to my people? He did not see Egypt and Assyria uh, because Daniel saw from his time forward. Amen. So what he saw was the Babylonian Empire. He saw the Medo-Persian Empire. He saw Alexander the Great with the Grecian Empire and he saw Rome. All right. And after that, he saw a beast that made him sick, made him sick to his stomach. And uh, we'll read that (laughs) Uh, because that's very important that we uh, get that portion of the story. Now, let's go um, to Daniel 7. Everybody have your Bible. Let's go to Daniel 7. We're just going to verify this. And I want to prove this point again. Because what Daniel saw back uh, in 536 BC is the same thing John saw on the island of Patmos when he asked. uh, The angel showed him what was to happen, what was going to become of God's people. Daniel, the seventh chapter, beginning in verse 4. And we're going to read through seven, and then we're going to pick up in 15. All right, everybody have it. Daniel 7, verse 4 through 7. And the now he describes the beast empires, which God showed him because Daniel was praying, what's going to happen to my brethren, the, the Jewish brethren? What's going to happen to my people? And this is what the angel revealed unto him. All right, and the first was like a lion and had eagle's wings, and I beheld till the wings thereof was plucked, and it was lifted up from the earth and made to stand upon the feet as a man, and a man's heart was given to it. And behold, another beast, a second like a bear, And it raised up itself on one side, and it had three ribs in the mouth of it between the teeth of it. And they said thus unto it, Arise, devour much flesh. After this I beheld, and lo, another, like a leopard, which had upon the back of it four wings of a fowl. And the beast had also four heads. And dominion was given to it. After this in the night vision, and behold, a fourth beast, dreadful and terrible and strong exceedingly. And it had great iron teeth. It devoured and brake in pieces and stamped the residue of the feet of it. And it was diverse from all the beasts that were before it. It had 10 horns. Amen. All right. Let's read also down in verse 15 through 21, because Daniel, this fourth beast made him ill. Uh, If you read at the back of Daniel, the uh, seven, that last uh, verse, he said, uh, my cogitations, my, my thoughts, they troubled me. I didn't even tell nobody about it. My God, because this fourth beast really made me grieve. It grieved me in my spirit. Verse 15, he says, I, Daniel, was grieved in my spirit in the midst of my body, and the visions of my head troubled me. I came near unto one of them that stood by and asked him the truth of all of this. So he told me and made me to know the interpretation of the things. These great beasts, which are four, are four kings, which shall arise out of the earth. These are beast kingdoms. Now, we're talking animals, but we're talking about people. All right. These are beast empires. You ever heard, so this world will chew you up. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that's, yeah, it will maul you, chew you up like a bear, lion and leopard, but it's people. All right. Uh, They're going to rise out of the earth, but the saints of the most high God shall take the kingdom and possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. Then I would to know the truth about the fourth beast. Tell me about this fourth beast. This is the one that made me sick because he was an amalgamation of all the other beasts before it. Uh, That's if you would take the worst of all of your enemies and put them together. That's what Daniel saw. And that's what made him sick. All right. Uh, Tell me the truth about that one. All right. He said, um, uh, I lost my place. Then I would know the truth of the fourth beast, which was diverse from all the others. "...exceedingly dreadful, whose teeth were of iron, and his nails of brass, which devoured and break in pieces, and stamped the residue with his feet, and of the ten horns that were in his head, and of the other which came up, and before whom three fell, even of that horn that had eyes and a mouth that spake great things, the Antichrist, who look, whose look was more stout than his fellows. I beheld in the same horn made war with the saints. That's what we read in the first three and a half years of that tribulation. He's making war with the saints and prevailed against them. Remember, I said all of Israel's enemies, nobody has never been able to defeat uh, Israel. And when the Antichrist come and war and win against Israel, it will be easy for him to win them, uh, those other nations over. <laughs> you mean to tell me you can fight against Israel and win? Wow. Uh, so he's going to be easy for him to have influence with all those other, other nations that have already chanted death to Israel, all right, he's going to war with the saints, and prevail against them, until the ancient of days came, and we saw that in the uh, statue, uh, that Daniel, uh, that dream of uh, uh, Daniel's, uh, statue of Daniel's dream, all right, it had the ancient of days, and judgment was given to the saints of the most high God, and the same, and the time came, and the saints possessed the kingdom, Thus, he said, the fourth beast shall be the fourth kingdom upon the earth, which shall be diverse from all kingdoms and shall devour the whole earth and shall tread it down and break it in pieces. That fourth beast, the revived Roman Empire, is more deadly, more diverse than all the rest because we know that Satan himself, I'm on somebody, my God, that is using the Antichrist to bring destruction and war against God's people. Now, if we look at John, um, what John's vision was, and we'll have to turn to Revelation 13th chapter. Because remember, John is, uh, Daniel's giving his perspective from um, history, from his point looking forward. Uh, John is giving us his perspective of the future looking backward. And they saw the same thing, the same four beast empires. Revelation 13, 1 and 2. All right, what did he say? Revelation 13, verses 1 and 2. And I stood upon the sand of the sea. Sea in prophecy means people. And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea. So he's saying, I'm John. I'm standing in the middle of the people. And among the people, remember, I go back to this all the time. Bishop Paddock, uh, Bishop Herman, my father, they all say he's alive and well and dwelling among us today. He's going to rise up among the people, the sea. All right. Um, I was standing in the sea. And I saw a beast rise up out of the sea, having what? Seven heads, ten horns, and upon his horns ten crowns, and upon his heads the name of blasphemy. And the beast which I saw was like unto a what? A leopard, and his feet uh, was the feet of a bear, and his mouth was as the mouth of a lion, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. These two men prophesied of the same four beasts. Daniel, way back in 536 BC, and here we have uh, John that's writing during Roman uh, rule. They um, are seeing the same thing, all right? Uh, Daniel uh, from... Um, the history, looking forward, he saw lion, bear, leopard. Come on, somebody. But John, from the future, looking back, he saw leopard, bear, lion. But both of them, Daniel said, I saw a fourth one that made me sick. Uh, John said, I saw a fourth one, and the dragon gave him his power and his seat. And great authority, they all saw. They both saw the same thing. And if you do a Google search, if you do a Google search of Daniel's uh, John's um, dream, um, this is what this is what we have. We have the leopard. We have the bear. We have the lion. In other words, he's an amalgamation of all the beast empires. As I say, it's all Babylon. They're all going to be copied after the same. They're copying the same mentality, the, the same, uh, you know, we can uh, achieve a perfect union without God. We don't need God. We kicked him out of our schools. We kicked him out of parliament. We kicked him out of government. We kicked him out of our homes. We kicked him out of our marriages on, somebody anything any attempt that you uh, that you're making to achieve or to do without God is Babylon your marriage can be Babylon your home can be Babylon your your career can be Babylon anything you kick God out of and think you're going to accomplish anything without God it is Babylon and Babylon is doomed. God is bringing it all to an end. This is what we're witnessing uh, right now. All right, he's bringing it to an end. All right, let's go back to Revelation, the 18th chapter. Let's pick up some more of this. Revelation chapter 18. If you have any questions, please shoot me an email. Please shoot me an email and we will answer and deal with it here. What does he said? Now, we read the first uh, three um, verses. Let's go back and, and, and pick that up right quick. <clears throat> Revelation uh, 18 and 1. What did he say? And after these things, I saw another angel come down from heaven, having great power, and the earth was lightened uh, with his glory. And he cried mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon, the great, is fallen, is fallen, and become the habitation of devils. And the hold of every foul spirit and a cage for every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of her wrath, of her fornication, and the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are wax rich through the abundance of her delicacies." My God, Babylon is fallen. It's fallen. Anytime you hear it multiple times, you know it's it's over with. God is bringing it to an end. He's holding her responsible for everything that has been done since the beginning, all the way back to Genesis, all the way up to now. Amen. He's giving that final judgment of great Babylon. It's all Babylon. All right. He said, It has become the habitation of devils, uh, the hold of every foul spirit, and a cage of every unclean and hateful bird. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. Uh, I love what another um, a version of the Bible, I forget which one it was, um, it called, instead of fornication, it called it adultery. Amen? And certainly uh, you can't commit adultery unless you're married. Alright? Uh, this is a um, a relationship she's supposed she's making herself uh, to be the bride of Christ but she's the bride of Satan. And every relationship she enters into is a forbidden relationship of God. All right. King James uh, uh, version calls it fornication. Another uh, version of this call it adultery. All right. In any case, it's a forbidden relationship. And uh, I have said this and I will continue to say this anytime that we're in a relationship and God is not in it. God does not approve of it. You have just entered into an abusive Relationship Because you know we all know Can't nobody do you like Jesus (laughs) Can't nobody do you like the Lord If, If a man don't love God He can't possibly Love you If a woman don't love God She can't possibly Love you You have entered Into a forbidden Relationship and God is saying It's Babylon and it Is doomed I'm bringing it to an end. All right. Uh, that was a, rec- a quick recap of what we read. Now look here. Uh, Revelation 18. We're going to go 4 through verse 10. And I heard another voice from heaven saying, Come out of her, my people, and be not partakers of her sins, that you receive not of her plagues. We saw the trumps. We saw the plagues, we saw the vials. we saw the three woes. Get out of her unless you're going to be part of all that wrath of God that's coming down upon her. Get out of her, all right? Uh, That you receive not of her plagues, for her sins have reached unto heaven. You know somebody, it came up as a remembrance before God. All right. And God hath remembered her iniquities. He's going to reward her even as she has rewarded you. You've never received anything good from Babylon. And God is going to now reward her for all of the what? The reward she has given you. And that wasn't a good reward. All right. And double unto her, double according to her works in the cup which she hath filled uh, to her double. How much she hath glorified herself, and lived deliciously. My God, so much torment and sorrow give her, for she saith in her heart, I sit a queen, look at the pride, look at the pride that's in her. I sit a queen, and am no widow, and shall see no sorrow. Therefore shall the plagues come in one day. Death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire. That is a harlot's reward. Remember what they told Judah said he was going to do the Tamar? She's going to be burned with fire. Come on, somebody. For uh, strong is the Lord God who judges her and all the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and have lived deliciously with her shall bewail her, and lament for her, when they shall see the smoking of her burning, standing afar off, for the fear of her torment, saying, At last, at last, the great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. My God, each and every one of us, thanks to God, and this is what we're going to be talking about because uh, the Bible warns us right here in uh, Revelation eighteen, if you're a part of Babylon, uh, you need to come out. And I, I and Babylon is this world. It's all Babylon. We're living in Babylon. <laughs> My God, this Babylonian influence is all around us. All of these empires are modeled after the same one supreme leader, one government, one economics, one healthcare, one educational system, one world order, the deep state, globalization. We got so many names for it, but that's the direction we're going. And if you see the appetite of people today, My God, they don't care that the president is lying to them. (laughs) They don't care uh, that he lost a free uh, and, and fair election. They just want what they, that's our, we want one supreme leader and we'll follow him right over a cliff. If you look at the mindset of people, They have a Babylonian mindset. My God. He can do what he wanna do. That's our leader. I mean, leading you right into destruction. Come on, somebody, I'm glad that all of these rallies are over with. People without masks. Come on, somebody. Now the president, he crossed. Uh, the virus, and he got lifted to Walter Reed Hospital in a helicopter. Well, you know, the thousands of people you have coming to these rallies, they don't have that privilege. And they know that they don't, it doesn't matter to them, they'll come without a mask, without social distancing. You see the mindset? They're, They're willing to die. For this man that don't care nothing about them, care nothing about the democracy, care nothing about the Constitution, care nothing about telling the truth. It's all Babylon. My God. And we ought to see it. We ought to see it. And saints, listen, if we have to watch our relationship with this world, amen, and certainly... Uh, don't underestimate the influence of this world upon you. You might be hooked to Babylon yourself, and don't even know it. And this passage of Scripture says, "Listen, don't be partaker of her sins." Come on, somebody. You all remember when, uh, in the middle, when the Jews went into Babylonian captivity. God said, you're going to be there 70 years. I know the thoughts that I think towards you, they're thoughts of peace and not evil. And to the very date, when that 70 years was over, King Cyrus, the Persian king told the Babylonians, you all can go home. Most of them stayed in Babylon. Can you imagine that? Most Nehemiah said we got to go back and build the walls. They said, "You know what? We ain't too hot about those walls anyway." Now remember, the walls were built to keep heathen practice out. They didn't have that in Babylon. See, a lot of people love Babylon because see, Babylon give you what you want. You can do what you want to do in Babylon. And when King Cyrus came. And released them Very few Very few went back Because they had fallen in love With Babylon My God But this passage of scripture Is saying get out So you won't be part of her plagues Alright uh, The Bible talks about how she lives Deliciously Come on somebody uh, she glorifies herself. The kings uh, that are with her have lived deliciously. Come on, somebody—they're serving themselves and not the people. And it says, therefore, her plagues is going to come on her in one day: death, mourning, and famine. She is going to be utterly burned with fire. Come on, somebody—for strong is the Lord that. Judgeth her. All right. The kings of the earth have committed fornication with with her, have lived deliciously. Come on, somebody. They're going to watch her destruction and they're going to cry because they're going to say, our good days are gone. They're going to stand off. Come on, somebody, for fear of her torment and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Her judgment has come and we can do nothing to help her. My God. And look what uh, she says. Babylon says, for she saith in her heart, I sit a queen. And this is what God hates, pride. I sit a queen. I am no widow and shall see no sorrow. Hmm. Better have another thought. Better have another thought. We talked about, what is she talking about when she says that? Uh, We talk about God, how when he gets ready to uh, use an example, he uses, in most cases, a widow woman. We talked about Naomi. We talked about Ruth. We talked about Tamar. We also talked about um, uh, the woman, the widow woman that came before the unrighteous judge. He said, I don't fear God and I don't fear man, but this lady, she's going to trouble me. All right, what about uh, Mary, the mother of Jesus, even at the cross, when he said, woman, behold thy son. Come on, somebody. My God, he uses a widow woman, but this Babylon said he'll never use me. I sit a queen. I'll never be a widow, (laughs) and I don't have need of nobody, and I shall see no sorrow. Come on somebody. My God. So prideful. She says, I don't have need of anybody. I am self-sufficient. Mm, what a rude awakening. My God. And we have to be careful, saints of God, that we're not so tied to Babylon that we can't get out, come out of her. And that's what this uh, passage of scripture we have just read in, in, in 18. Uh, Saints, get out of Babylon. We're living in Babylon right now. The mystery of iniquity doth already work. Does it ever boggle your mind how crazy people are today? The crazy things that they do, the crazy things that are happening, the perilous times, the dangerous times in which we live, and people are okay with it. It's Babylon. And if you're not careful, you'll get in with it. Because Babylon lets you do what you want to do. But the word is coming to us tonight. Get out of Babylon. Don't be a part of Babylon. All right. This has been prophesied for years. Let's go to Isaiah 40. Isaiah 40. I told you that Isaiah and uh, both Jeremiah... Uh, dedicated chapters. Babylon is one of the most talked about next to Jerusalem. It's the most popular uh, city in the Bible. Why so much about Babylon? Because God needs us to know because we're living in Babylon. And that's why we say we have to wear this world as a what? Loose garment. This is not our home. Come on, somebody. Everything that we see is going to be burned with fire. The things that you see are temporal. The things that are not seen are eternal. And it has been prophesied for years by both Isaiah, Jeremiah, get out of Babylon, flee from Babylon. She's going to be destroyed. Look at Isaiah 48, verse 20. Go ye forth out of Babylon, get out of Babylon, flee ye from the Chaldeans. All right, these were the inhabitants of Babylon. They were also known as Babylon. Um, With a voice of singing, declare ye, tell this, utter it to the end of the earth. Say ye, the Lord hath redeemed his servant Jacob. And they thirsted not when he led them through the deserts. He caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He clave the rock also, and the waters gushed out. There is no peace, saith the Lord, unto the wicked. Come on, somebody. If we translate that just a little bit, he said, flee from Babylon. Get away from the Chaldeans, the Babylon-minded people. (laughs) Come on, somebody. Uh, See, you can be out of Babylon and have a Babylon mind, which is going to do what? Take you right back into Babylon. Draw you right back into Babylon. All right. Remember now this prophecy, all prophecy have a, 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 a present truth and a future truth like the other prophecies that we have read. All right. So he said, if I brought your fathers out of Egypt. Come on, somebody, when they were back in ba- uh, in, in, in uh, Egypt in slavery, if I brought them out and they thirsted, they thirsted not. And I led them through the deserts and caused the waters to flow out of the rock for them. He clave the rock also and the waters gushed out. If I was able to bring your fathers out of Egypt. I'm able to bring you out of this Babylon. Get out of Babylon. The God that we serve is faithful. Egypt was typical of sin. Babylon is typical of sin. It's full of sin. All right. And we can have an appetite today for this world if we're not careful. We'll go along with a false narrative. We'll go around, along with a corrupt leader. Come on, somebody. Uh, they'll say, you know, we don't want the truth. Give us Barabbas. My God. And we've seen that. Uh, the false church system. The false church system calling on angels from Africa. Any angel that don't come from heaven come from hell. The false church system, calling on angels from Africa. Come on, somebody. Convincing their members that, you know, being a Republican is the way. Uh, Being a Republican is the way to salvation. You know, it's right. You know, forget about all the corruption we see. Forget about all the lies that we see. Come on, somebody. My God. That Babylonian thinking, that mindset you know, uh, this is the church now supporting the government. Now, listen, I'm not calling on no angels from nowhere. I don't care. I nah, I wouldn't do it for Biden. I wouldn't do it for Barack Obama. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, my political party is the kingdom of heaven, and it's already in office. Now I don't have to vote on it. <laughs> it's already in office. That's my, and I know the different philosophies that we have concerning being a Democrat, being a Republican. Believe it or not, we have some Republicans that are members of New Grace Apostolic Church. We're not fighting. We don't have to, to fight. We just have a difference of opinion. Uh, I believe that the Democrat Party allows the poor to eat. God was always concerned about the poor. He was always concerned about the needy. He was always concerned about the least of the little ones. My God. And so many individuals won't even be able to put food on the table, a roof over their head. Remember somebody? My God. And they're more concerned about protecting big business. Tyson Foods has had, uh, I don't know how many cases, uh, maybe like over 20,000 cases of uh, COVID. They told the people that their factories were safe. And Mitch McConnell is trying to protect them from what they call frivolous lawsuits. He want to put that in. We're not going to give nobody nothing until we protect big business. That's what this is all about. How on, somebody? My God. There's just a difference in philosophy as to how we, uh, if, if government is for the people and by the people among you know somebody, well, listen, government ought to be willing to help the people. The people are suffering right now. But there's another group of people. They're only concerned about themselves. My God. But my political party is the kingdom of heaven. It's already in power. It's already in position. Come on, somebody. My God. And Jeremiah prophesied long time ago. Remember, there's a present truth and a future truth about all prophecy. And this prophecy, I believe, is not yet come. Now, let's go see what uh, Isaiah, I'm sorry, let's go see what Jeremiah says about it. Jeremiah 50 and 8. These two prophets prophesy the same thing concerning Babylon. The same thing concerning Babylon. What do they say? Get out. Get out of Babylon. Jeremiah 50 and 8. Remove out of the midst of Babylon and go forth out of the land of the Chaldeans and be as the goats before the flocks. Come on, somebody. All right, so Israel, you got to get out of Babylon. Come on, somebody. Uh, just like the goats, the, the bucks that lead the sheep out, uh, lead everybody out with you, all right? Now, we have to ask this question. Uh, were they in Babylonian captivity in Isaiah's day? No. Were they in Babylonian captivity in Jeremiah's day? No. As a matter of fact, Assyria uh, was in power when these prophecies came um, forth, all right? But they would go into Babylonian captivity at some point, all right? And we certainly know that they did. And after that uh, 70 years were finished, King Cyrus said, you all can go home. But most of them stayed. I believe that this prophecy has to do with the Babylon that we're dealing with uh, when the, the ones that stayed and this Babylon that we're dealing with right now. Part of this prophecy was for when the 70 years they went to Babylonian captivity and stayed there. And part of this prophecy is to us right now. Get out of Babylon, come on somebody, my God, Babylon was compared to uh, Sodom and Gomorrah, let's go to uh, Jeremiah 50, and let's go down to 40, or let's drop down to the 40th verse, because remember, um, all of this in Jeremiah is about Babylon. It's about Babylon. Isaiah, Jeremiah, they said the same thing. Get out. We read it in in, uh, Revelation 18. Get out. Don't be part, (laughs) my God, of the plagues uh, that's coming to her. Get out before it's too late. All right, look at um, uh, the 40th verse. Jeremiah 50 and 40. As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, and the neighbor neighbor cities thereof, saith the Lord, so shall no man be a, no man abide there, neither shall any son of man dwell therein. Alright? Remember now this whole chapter is devoted to Babylon. Alright? Jesus said that the modern day. This modern-day Babylon is going to be, he, he likens it, uh, as unto Sodom. And if we're going to understand this modern-day Babylon in which we live, we need to ask ourselves, well, what was going on in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah? Let's, let's find out. Let's go to Genesis, the 19th chapter. Genesis 19, verses 4 through 10. I'm reading this again. The Fort Jeremiah 50 and 40. As God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah and the neighbor cities thereof, saith the Lord, So shall no man abide there, neither shall any son of man dwell therein. Get out, get out. Get out of Babylon. All right. What was going on in Babylon? All right. You all know the stories when the angels came in. Look at this. Genesis, the 19th chapter, verses 4 through 10. But before they lay down, the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, come past the house round both old and young, they're all taken in this thing, and the people of every quarter. And they called unto Lot and said unto him, where are the men which came in to thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. Another translation says that we might have sex with them. Come on somebody. My God. And Lot went out the door unto them, and he shut the door after him and said, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Come on, somebody. Behold now, I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out to you and do ye to them as is good in your eyes. My God. Only unto these men do nothing. For therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. I'm responsible for them. And they said, Stand back. And they said again, This one fellow came in to sojourn, and he will needs be a judge. Now will we deal worse with thee than with them. And they pressed sore upon the man, even Lot, and came near to break the door. But the men put forth their hand and pulled Lot into the house to them and shut the door. My God. Jeremiah likens Babylon unto Sodom. And when we understand what was going on in Sodom in that day, matter of fact, let's go to Luke 17. Luke 17, 28 through 30. If we understand what was going on in Babylon, we can see the same thing. uh, I'm sorry. When we understand what was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah, we can see the same thing happening today. Modern day Babylon, the Bible compares them. The same thing is going on. All right, Luke 17, 28 through 30. Lets us us know that this modern day uh, Babylon is going to be like Sodom. Likewise, also, it was in the days of Lot. They did eat, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. But the same day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. My God, this Babylon that we live in, what are the people doing? Eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage. Everything is going on along just like it always has gone. But they didn't even know when the angels came in and took Lot out. Everything was going along like and Lot went out by night. And at dawn, that's when the uh, fire rained down from heaven and burned them up and they had no warning. So shall it be. Come on, somebody. My God, it rain fire and brimstone from heaven and destroy them all. Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. People are doing like they want to do. Being all that they can be. Come on, somebody. And the Bible said he's coming as what? A thief in the night. And they won't know. Until the church is raptured and taken out, and then the antichrist, Satan, will be unleashed, and most of and that's when they say all hell is going to break loose. What happened in Sodom? Women were getting married, but they were not having normal Marriage relationships. I got two daughters here that are married. Uh, Come on somebody. And you can do what you want with them. What did they say? We don't have no use for them daughters of yours. We want those men. So the concept of marriage drastically changed. Anything goes and it's not normal, you know, the traditional, you know, nobody wants, you know, what the Bible says anymore. They want to do something different. I want to get married, but you know, we're not going to have a traditional marriage. We're going to have a marriage without walls, without rules. Come on, somebody, my God. So there were being, the women were being married to the men of Sodom, but normal relations were not taking place. The men of Sodom had been taken over with a strange behavior. They had no use for a woman anymore. Come on, somebody. What What are we experiencing today? Well, our view of marriage is not like your view of marriage. Come on, somebody. And matter of fact, they will tell you the children of God, the true church you're wrong for not supporting our broad view of marriage. Come on somebody, and isn't that something you know uh i'm not knocking on on their door, beating on their door, telling them y'all stop doing what y'all doing behind them door they're beating on the church door telling them i i'm not persecuting you. <laughs> Why are you trying to persecute? And Jesus said, "For which of my good works you want to stone me to death? Why are you coming after me and telling me I'm wrong because I don't uh, accept your broad view of marriage or marital relations? I know somebody, or even uh, uh, transgender." We have more people uh, choosing their gender nowadays than ever before. As a matter of fact, it's being encouraged. Uh, Some of these, in the two men that are married, uh, and you you can't deny them now, they they can apply for health care, they can apply for uh, insurance and have survivor benefits, they can adopt children and they will take these young boys and adopt them and start giving them dials in their cribs. Going to convert them into women. And the church is wrong. The church is wrong because we don't have the same view that they have. My God. Uh, Jude 6... Jude describes this situation that was going on in Sodom. Jude 6. Look what he says. He said, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation hath he, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto judgment of that great day, even as what Sodom and Gomorrah in the cities about them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. My goodness, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, hath he reserved in everlasting change, uh, chains under darkness until the judgment of that great day. Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, those men had left their first estate uh, and has become the, what we call something else. You got to be careful when somebody tell you you something else. Yeah, hold on now. What do you mean by that? (laughs) Uh, I I am what God says I am. I don't ever want to become something else. Those angels left their first estate. So did the men of Sodom and Gomorrah. They left their first estate and went giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh. They are an example of the Babylon that we're living in right now. Has there ever been a time people feel more free to let you know, you know who they're kicking it with? I'm talking about uh, women and women. And, you know, put it right out there, Uh, glorify it, put it on uh, Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, however you want to see it, Instagram, kissing uh, their same-sex partner. Every time you've seen men with men, come on, somebody, my God. And not only that, uh, you sisters need to be careful. Because a lot of these men are still seeking cover. They want to get married, but they ain't interested in you. And you so desperate for a man. (laughs) Uh, We're talking about, you all remember when Michael Jackson got married to uh, Lisa Marie Presley? Michael ain't never popped that hood on that car. He don't know what's under that. These brethren, you know, and a lot of them are in the church. They're seeking to get married because that's what the church is telling them to do. Uh, man, you got to find yourself a wife. Their parents are telling me, you find yourself a wife. Find yourself a wife without dealing with the sin. I know somebody, you got to get yourself together and then get you a wife. And a lot of these young men are getting their parents off their back getting their pastor off their back by finding them a wife come on somebody and you know all the mothers of the church they'll say oh ain't that so beautiful ain't that so nice he he found him a nice girl but you going to be the one crying at night when you're wondering where your husband is at and he's in some gay bar and you at home crying your eyes out, wondering why you're not enough. Come on, somebody! My God, they have not kept their first estate, but in this Babylonian world, they're seeking cover. So they'll get married, but they—they're not—they're not interested in you. Remember somebody, just recently I saw in the, the news where a school system, I can't remember the name of it now, but they're saying now students can go into the bathroom of their choice. Whatever gender that they identify with, they can go in that bathroom. My God. This is the Babylon that. Revelation, Isaiah, Jeremiah is telling us you better get out and don't you uh, underestimate the influence that Babylon because it'll have you going, oh, ain't nothing wrong with it. Go on, let the people do what they want to do. God loves us all and they'll make you think there's something wrong with you and you're discriminatory because you don't agree Come on, somebody, with their broad views. Revelation 18 said you better get out. You better get out or you're going to be part of all the plagues that God is going to bring against Babylon. All right. Second, Peter. Second Peter, second chapter. This is probably a good test for each and every one of us. If what's going on uh, in uh, this world, this Babylon, this modern day Babylon, if it doesn't uh, vex your spirit, maybe you're comfortable with it. Mm. Maybe you're just like those individuals that were in Babylonian captivity and when the 70 years was completed and King Cyrus said, Y'all can go home, said, oh, we're fine. <laughs> we we remember what was back at Jerusalem and the walls and the, the confines and the remember somebody. We're comfortable in Babylon. We're gonna stay here. Second Peter the second chapter, verse six. I was going to try to finish this chapter on today, but we need to talk about this Babylon because this is something that's mentioned Uh, next to Jerusalem. Babylon is the most mentioned city in the Bible. Jeremiah dedicated two whole chapters to it. Isaiah dedicated two whole chapters to it. And Babylon was not even uh, on the radar when they prophesied about this modern day Babylon. Babylon. That we're living in this message is unto us. Second Peter, the second chapter, six through nine. All right, what did it, it say? And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes, condemned them with an overflow, making them an example unto those that after should live ungodly, and delivered who? Just Lot. Lot was vexed with the filthy conversation of the wicked. For the righteous man dwelleth among them in seeing and hearing, vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. The Lord knoweth how to deliver the godly out of temptations and to reserve the unjust until the day of judgment to be punished. Does this modern-day Babylon distress you? Come on, somebody. Uh, it vexed Lot's spirit. And if you go back and, and read in Genesis, my God, uh, the, all of the men, all of the men of Sodom, all and, and around about them, they were all left their first estate. They had no need for a woman anymore. although they were marrying the women of Sodom, they had no need for them. They're among somebody. um, Does this, and it vexed uh, Lot's spirit. Look, it says, for that righteous man dwelling among them in seeing and hearing vexed his righteous soul from day to day with their unlawful deeds. My God, I remember my father talking about being on the job and um, a man approached him. He worked for 30 years and over 30 years in the postal system. Um, Man approached him and with one of his dirty jokes and he told him the joke. And uh, after he got done, he he reared back and he laughed and he said, my father, my father said, I just looked at him. Then he looked at him strange and told him the joke again. He reared back and he laughed and he looked at my father and my father was looking at him and he just walked on off. You know, a lot of people, they want to sit around and, and, and laugh at their jokes and say, well, you know, I didn't say it. They said, no, not only do you uh, not take part in it, you don't get no joy out of it. Remember somebody. somebody. We don't even get no joy in watching them participate and do the things that they do. It vexes your spirit. And guess what? If you're all right with it and you're telling the jokes and you're doing the things that the world is doing, maybe you're comfortable in Babylon. And this is a good test. Does it vex your spirit? Come on, somebody. My God, he didn't tell uh, Lot, "We're gonna." Uh, uh, I want you to change your political party. He didn't tell Lot, "I want you to go out into the streets and protest." Come on, somebody. He told Lot, "We're getting you out of here tonight. You got to go tonight." Come on, somebody. My God, if God were to come tonight, are you ready? Hmm. As I say don't underestimate the whole the influence this this world can have on you because when they took Lot out by night now the the uh the fire rained down in the morning they didn't even know Lot had left the angels took him out but Lot's wife turned around why because she loved Sodom. She wasn't ready to go. Whatever you do, don't turn around. Don't look back. What did she do? She turned around. My God. We're reminded to wear this world as a loose garment. This is not our home. What happened when Jesus told the... the, uh, Rich, young ruler. He, he said, uh, how might I obtain eternal life? Come on, somebody. Jesus said, sell all that you have and follow me. He said, wait a minute. What, what? Sell all that you have. The Bible said he walked away sad. I'm too in love with this world. on, somebody, I, I can't do that. I'm tied to this world Well, this world is not our home God knows how to rescue the righteous Come on, somebody He did not reform Sodom He burned Sodom Whoa, woe, Babylon Come on, somebody Uh, When Jesus says "woe," one time it's serious. When he say "woe," two times it's very serious. Those cities he said, "and woe unto you," they don't exist anymore. Remember somebody? This uh, church is unrepentant. It's full of pride. It says, "We don't," you know. I'll never be a widow. The Lord will never use me. I'm a queen. Come on, somebody, and I'm not going to suffer no sorrow. Pride. God is not going to reform it. He's going to destroy it. And he's telling us, you better get out. Unless you take part also in the plagues that I'm going to bring her. If you look at Genesis 19 and 22, the angels told Lot, we can't destroy this place until we get you out of here. Oh, come on, somebody. The Lord knows how to deliver the righteous and bring judgment to the wicked. My God. We had that in the church of Thyatira. Let's go back to um, Revelation, the third chapter. Revelation, the third chapter. You all remember that? church of Thyatira, which I believe is a pattern of the church that we're studying on tonight. Revelation, the third chapter, verses 10 through 13. He says, because thou hast kept the word of my patience... I also will keep thee from the hour of temptation which shall come upon all the world and try them that dwell upon the earth. Behold, I come quickly. Hold that fast which thou hast that no man take thy crown. You better save yourself. He that overcometh will I make a pillar in the temple of my God and he shall go no more out, and I will write upon him, what, the name of my God. He doesn't put numbers on us. He writes his name on us. Come on, somebody. And the name of the city of my God, which is Jerusalem, we are from Jerusalem, which cometh down out of heaven from God, and I will write upon them my new name. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying unto the church. Come on, somebody. I, those that want to be saved, I'm going to get you out. I'm going to bring you out, even in a even in a Babylonian situation. Those that want to be saved, I'll save them. Even in the tribulation period, there is a remnant of both Jew and Gentile that will be saved. Come on, somebody. We read it. They'll have to be beheaded. Many of them will be starved to death. But if you want to be saved, if you want to be, now this is not to any one of us. I I don't want nobody to get confused. This is our opportunity now. Amen. God is saving us out of this world right now. Amen. And when he snatches his church out, we are the bride of Christ. Amen. But there will be a remnant, even in the tribulation period, that did not know. I'll go back to the story of Bishop Paddock. What if we woke up one morning and all the Baptists were gone and we were left? Were we not sincere? What if we wake up in the church of God and Christ was gone and, and we were left? Were we not sincere? (laughs) Yes, we were, but we missed it. God is going to give them an opportunity, but not them that have the truth. Oh, come on, somebody. Don't get it twisted. Don't get it twisted. Amen. Those that were sincere. Amen. That will listen to the two witnesses will not take the mark of the beast now we already been through this if you take that mark of the beast, you no longer bear the uh the name of uh, the uh the the seed of Christ you have the seed of Satan now come on somebody and anybody that bears his mark is going to be destroyed. My God, but there will be a remnant saved. God knows how to rescue the righteous and make a difference. Even in Egypt, he said, I make a difference. I'm going to thrust you out altogether and, he, and a dog better not even wag his tongue. Come on, somebody. God knows how to rescue the righteous. Amen. All right. Revelation <clears throat> uh, 11, 8 and 9. It's always the government is part of this. The government is part of this. This is not just people that are coming against the church. It's the government. remember somebody, and that's why we can't just chum ourselves up uh, with the government and start calling on angels from Africa. I don't have no big flag behind me. The government don't support what I'm teaching tonight. somebody. I don't have no representative in Washington or a representative in Lansing. They got one to say that's supposed to represent me, but God represents me in heaven. Look with Revelation 11, 8 and 9. All right, we're just about out of time. Uh, And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which spiritually is called what? Sodom. And Egypt, where also our Lord was crucified, and they of the people and the kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies uh, three days and a half and shall not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. This persecution just don't come from individuals. They come from government, beast empires. And as this one world government is formed, guess what? It's going to be one religion. And if you don't embrace it, if you don't endorse it, guess what? You're going to be persecuted. And probably martyred. Come on somebody. But we know that before the Antichrist is going to be unleashed, God is going to snatch his church out. He knows how to deliver the righteous. Come on somebody. And reserve the unjust. My God, for the day of judgment. Alright. Which spiritually is called Sodom and Egypt. Egypt where also our Lord was crucified, and they of the people in kindreds and tongues and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half. These are the witnesses. Told them, don't take the mark of the beast. That message was not popular because most people wanted to go along with the government. All right, they shall not suffer their dead bodies. to be put in graves. Who was it that came against Jesus to crucify him? It was both the... Government and the religious system coming together. Herod and Pilate conspired together. And somebody that was willing, one of the followers, Judas, to go along with them. Come on, somebody. My God. Listen, don't do this during the Passover. Don't do this during the Passover he got we got too many Jesus followers in town. We want to do this in a dark alley. <laughs> Jesus said, "No, you ain't going to do it in a dark alley. I'm revealing you what you're going to do. Do it now. My God, and we go back to that Everybody at the table missed it. They missed it. It's possible to be sitting at the table and miss the message what's happening the dangerous world in which we live. My God, why are they persecuting the church? We're not messing with them, but we're their conscience. Every time they see you reading that Bible, every time they see you doing right, every time they see you walking up right before God, it's burning their conscience. Come on, somebody! And it's not nothing wrong with me. Now I've left my first estate, but it's your fault because you don't agree with our agenda. My God, saints! Don't you fall in love with this world? It's Babylon, and everywhere in the Bible is telling us, "Get out! Get out! Get out! Get out!" Come on, somebody! All right. Uh, let's get one more scripture here, and I'm going to let you go. Then we're going to uh, we're going to finish the last of chapter 18, because all of those things that you see, uh, the gold, the silver, all of the linen, the pearls, and all of these things have a significance uh, to the church, and God is going to burn it all up. Going to burn it all up. Come on, somebody! My God. People are going to stand off and look and see her burning, her destruction, and stand back because they can't do anything about it. She said, I'll never be a widow. God will never use me. Uh, God said, well, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to reform. He didn't reform Sodom. He burned it. Uh, That's the uh, southern, you can probably look that up on Google Earth. Uh, The southern part of Jordan. I believe it's the region of the Dead Sea. There are major pockets of sulfur. Uh, individuals know that there's some kind of major fire took place there. Sulfur, deep pockets of sulfur. Matter of fact, nothing will even grow there till this day. Uh, do Google Earth on uh, the Dead Sea. That was the area of Sodom and Gomorrah. There was a cataclysmic fire that fell down out of heaven, and nothing will grow there right now. Sulfur. My God, do a search on that. It will open up your eyes. We're not talking about no myth. We ain't talking about no fairy tale. All of this stuff happened. The Bible is being uh, revealed. (laughs) If you want to know what's going to happen, read your Bible. If you want to see it happen, look at the news. It's coming to pass. My God. Look at Matthew 10. Matthew 10, 14 and 15. God's got his timing all figured out. Amen. We don't have time to get ready. You have to be ready. Amen. You have to be ready. Look at Matthew ten, fourteen, and 15. And whosoever shall not receive you, nor hear your words, when you depart out of that house or that city, shake off the dust of your feet. Verily I say unto you, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. My God, each and every one of us, saints of God, listen, this world is not our home. Your message is not going to be popular. The lifestyle that you live uh, is not going to be popular. The things that you support, the church that you go to, your religious beliefs, don't you expect nobody to pat you on the back. You better kick the dust off your feet. Come on, somebody. Because he said it's going to, uh, uh, it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom and Gomorrah in the day of judgment than for that city. And we know when God snatched Lot out of that place, fire rained down. Come on, somebody. My God. Uh, Fire rained down out of heaven. The angel told uh, Lot. We can't, we can't burn this place. We can't destroy it until we get you out first. God knows how to save us. God knows how to bring us out. God knows how to make a difference. Come on, somebody. My God. Lot was taken out in the haste of time. My God. He even tells us now, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken by the prophet Daniel, get in the holy place. Oh, come on, somebody. My God. It's it's coming. It's coming. It's here. Everything is in place. Bishop Herman said that I believe uh, God's foot is over the threshold of the door. He's ready to say, come, my people, come and snatch his people out of here. How long? Amen. How long can we stay here? My God. Uh, I never thought that we would live to see a day where men that have sworn to uphold the Constitution taken an oath and sworn to uphold the Constitution and protect America from any uh, danger, foreign or domestic would sell this country right down the drain Will attack its democracy, try to steal its free and fair election, lie without having no, no, it it ain't even remotely true. My God, and these people's minds are deceived. I just saw a story just before I was preparing for Bible class. ex-police officer, um, pulled a man over. He was a HVAC repairman. Somebody told him he had a, a truck full of a stolen ballots in his truck. So he pulled him over by gunpoint, getting ready to shoot him. Talking about over hundred and seventy. Oh, I don't know how many ballots. And I'm like, how can you stack that many ballots in a truck anyway? <laughs> Pulled him over by gunpoint. Nothing but a hoax. These people believe this stuff. Their minds are deceived and God is going to have to help us. But you get out of battle, line. Get out. Get out. She's going to be burned. Come on, somebody, and we're witnessing her destruction. And we'll finish this up. We'll finish this up. Um, chapter 18. I encourage you to go ahead and keep reading. Read chapter 19, read chapter 20 if you have some questions. We'll we're gonna go over it in detail, amen. And certainly to prepare you for what we're ready to um all in place, amen. But I want to encourage each and every one of you, thanks God. Don't underestimate the influence of Babylon in your thinking, your life, your ways, how you conduct yourself. This ought to vex your spirit just like it vexed Lot. Lot was so vexed he didn't even know what to do. Come on, somebody. Those men were about to tear down his house. Lot didn't even know it, but the angels. Come on, somebody. God knows how to deliver the righteous. He sent the angels to his house. Lot, we're getting you out of here. We're not going to reform this place. We're going to destroy it. Come on, somebody. My God, get out of Babylon. May God bless you. May God keep you is our prayer.